0: April 19th, 2004, the boredom is starting to get to me. We arrive at each destination early because the weather always turns bad in the afternoon. Today we arrived in Zongda at 11 a.m. We started at 5 a.m. so we could cross the Chola Pass before the sun and wind. It was some challenging scrambling across small rock and boulders and some ice near the top. We were the first and had a great view. The descent was beautiful because you look out at Amadablam in the distance and this other huge mountain, uh, Chomo something, much closer. But now I am so freaking bored (laughs) and the tea house is the worst yet. The weather is bad, so I can only sit in the dingy, smoke filled room and look at everyone looking at me. I just finished my missionary book, Poland. Great book. I had to get out of that room, um, so I'm sitting um, this in my, oh, I'm writing this in my cold room. It actually is technically outdoors because the walls do not completely close out the outside. Actually, it's much nicer in here even though it's cold. I'll get dinner at 6 p.m., one hour from now, and then it's off to bed. I'm playing mind games with myself to keep my sanity. Day 8, 9, and 10 will be hard because... Um, not a lot of walking and the tea lodges supposedly get worse the higher you go day 10 will be Everest base camp day so um, that will be fun but I have to assume I'll spend the night in the same tea house as day nine uh, which being close to Everest should be shitty Days 11, 12, 13, and 14 will be like a new trek because we go to some other valleys. Day 15 will be Namchi Bazaar, civilization. Day 16, a cool tea house I've already been. Day 17, Lukla. And day 18, fly to Kathmandu. So more boring days uh three or four more boring uh so more boring days for another adventure and two walking back to lukla 419 and 422 things are better last two days went to base camp at kalapatar From Zongli, we hiked up to uh, Lobuckle or Lobouche and stayed at a really nice place, $15 a night. Had a lazy day, hiked up a hill and sat in this incredible valley that overlooked Tamserku and Amadablam. Best views yet. Too bad I didn't have my camera. That night I saw the stars for the first time. Amazing, so many, so bright. Some, since we are so high, when you look at the horizon, you see a wall or curtain of stars, no atmosphere, and the angle of looking down this valley, um, just a great view makes the universe seem much closer. Next day, hiked to um, Gorak. Shep, last teahouse on the route, dropped off the pack and headed up to base camp. Tedious walk up and down over the glacier. Very interesting. Awesome views of Everest. So close. Base camp is spread out on the glacier at the foot of the Khumbu Icefall. About 20 teams, I would guess. Doesn't seem like that much... um, order you just walk around and take in the sights you feel like an outsider not one of the climbers a bunch of sherpa guides and porters were coming off the icefall the young guns these guys looked strong Kancha um, knew a few of the base camp cooks so i sat in a few of the camp kitchens The first at um, the Mountain Link team. They cooked us some food, full on operation up there. The cook poured himself about a fourth cup of a pint of whiskey into his tea. I bet those guys are drinking all day. I think you'd get real bored up there. Also ate at a place where the Sherpas were eating. They literally licked their plates clean. The kitchens were Hard rock walls with tarp ceiling. Uh, they constructed them in a few hours. They all destroyed. Um, they all get destroyed after the season since they they are on a glacier. Today we left at five a.m. and got to the top of Kalapatar at about uh, six a.m. and saw the sunrise. It was pretty. It was pretty tough. It's just a rock outcrop outcropping, but. It's over 18,000 feet. No real problems with altitude, but breathing pretty hard. Fantastic view. You are looking right at Everest and down on base camp. You can see the south Col. I like how you can see the top of Everest all the way down to the range. Uh, Noopsy, Amadablam, Tamsirku. And since I've trekked from much lower... You get a sense of the height of the range from the foothills, which um, are big jagged peaks, to the top of the world, Everest. You feel the height. I also like how Everest clearly stands above the rest and that its shape is unique. Um, it, it has dignity. Uh, don't know why it is named after a surveyor. Uh, obviously, it's the highest mountain, Um, let's see here, okay, I have some emails here from people I met, jackboy at shaw.ca, and Mike and Randy, (laughs) yeah, I was hanging out with those guys after the Gokio Ridge, and uh, we kept running into one another, okay, April 23rd, Stayed in uh, Lobuche, it's L-O-B-U-C-H-E, last night. It snowed, made it pretty for walking today, headed down to uh, Dongboche and um, uh, two hours up to uh, Chukung, Uh, going to Island Peak Base Camp tomorrow. Very pretty today with snow. It snowed as we walked from Dombochu to Chukung, Uh, that's D-E-N-G-B-O-C-H-E to C-H-U-K-H-U-N-G. We walked up a gradually increasing grade, looking up into small hills. The clouds covered the high peaks to each side, so it looked like hill country, reminded me of Nevada. Low shrubs covered in snow. Stopped for tea and soup in Dongbochu, and this little Nepali girl kept poking her head in and saying, Namaste. <laughs> um, then smiling and then going away. It was cute. I have a picture of her and her sister poking their heads into the room. Last day of uphill tomorrow. Then two days to Namchi Bazaar. I'm looking forward to Namchi. It is snowing um, now and I, as I write... I just witnessed a huge snow-covered black yak sneak into the courtyard and take something from two of these big baskets um, the Sherpas use uh, to carry um, beads. Uh, Or something. Uh, Or breads. I don't know. I watched for half a minute as he munched away. And then the Sherpa proprietor, a woman, ran out of the kitchen, waving her arms to chase him away. Only in Nepal. (laughs) Let's see here. So this is probably a good place to break. Um... So, the memories are starting to come back a bit i um i'm I can remember the valleys and and all the mountains and where they were in relation to one another and it 's something i haven't thought about for a long time so it 's kind of cool that these just reading these journal entries kind of i have that mental map again of um of the everest region um but basically, what I was doing on this track is kind of going up one you know, it's kind of a circle, a circle. Um, so, uh, you know, I went up this loop that went by uh, Gokyo-ri and that lake, and you had a view of Choyo and Everest, you know, Choyo in front of you, uh, which would be to the north, and then Everest to my right, which would be to the, um, to the east. And, and so, you know, I would guess I went up, we went up these valleys going in the northern direction, And then we went east, and we went over that uh, Choyo Glacier, and then up that Chola or Chala Pass, and then down to another valley, um, and then up another valley. Kind of made a lap, you know. Kind of made a valley. Well, hard to describe it. Um, Then then um, went uh, up another valley to the north. You know, we were east of where we had been, but up a valley to the north. Which would take us to Everest Base Camp, and then and then we went back, kind of backtracked, and then we went down south, and then we went east again, to another valley, and walked up that valley to um, uh, Island Lake. Excuse me, um, it's called Island Peak, uh, and went to a tea house up there, kind of the northern part, kind of the jumping-off point for if you were going, going to climb Island Peak. Um, and, uh, and then, then went down all the way to Namchi Bazaar. So that was kind of the circle. And there were just some gorgeous view- views in all these places. Um, like I talked about earlier, you know, kind of the first ones were this Gokyo-ri and then going over that Chala Pass, um, which, which was pretty steep, you know, it wasn't dangerous, but you know, there was ice and, uh, you know, the trail wasn't great, um, but you get to the, the summit uh, or the pass, and you're looking back on the glacier that you just crossed, um, which, by the way, is mostly covered in dirt. <laughs> but, but you would see the blue ice uh, poking out here and there. Um, but then this beautiful vista opened up. There's this big mountain kind of the right. Um, and then down this valley, which you were looking at at Alma de Blom, which I had seen from a different angle coming up um, the valley a few days earlier. So seeing Alma de Blom from another view, and then there was this big mountain, kind of hard to describe, but also to the right. Anyway, we went down that and stayed at a little tea house, and that's where I was bored. (laughs) And I don't remember, I forgot about that, and I was obviously trying to uh play it forward if you will i was i was you know, counting counting the days um but then it got exciting again cuz going to everest base camp was really something um you know there's so much history there i mean i've read all the stories about um mallory who was one of the first guys to climb or to, to get very high on Everest. In fact, some people thought he actually summited. English guy around the 1920s, if I'm not mistaken. And then, of course, you know, Sir Edmund Hillary and Tenzing Norgay summited, I think, in '53, the first ones. And um, and then I read about Jim Whittaker, the first American to summit. And I, you know, I've read a ton, you know, out of thin air, and I read all that. And um, you know, I, I they had little cairns set up near Everest Base Camp for uh Rob Hall who was the guide one of the guides on that out of uh into thin air um uh situation and even a a guy who died on Jim Whittaker's uh expedition in 1962 there's a shrine for him there or not a shrine uh, there was maybe um his his name was carved into a rock but anyway you could kind of explore this and and just see it on your own but going up to Everest base camp you you follow the glacier and it's like the choyo glacier you know you're just uh you're going up and down up and down up and down because you have these ridges of the glacier as they flow down the hill and um but it's it's all dirt covered mostly so it's you know it's kind of a trip but you kind of weave and wind and so it's very tedious and it it was many miles and it's pretty high altitude of course and then when you get close to the base camp there was this old um helicopter I, i you know this big helicopter that uh, crashed because the high altitude It's just it's just like a skeleton you know and then you get up to the base camp and um, I was pretty wiped I mean I was kind of a little woozy I guess you'd say um, but what I remember is looking up at the Khumbu Icefall and then reading all these stories about the climb that's something that would always captivate captivated my imagination because it's so so dangerous because what's happening is it's almost a vertical wall of a ver- of a glacier so it's fall it's flowing down the hill and there's all these huge vertical seracs they call them you know big chunks of ice sticking up in the air and because it's slowly falling these things fall and it's just a ticking time bomb, it's just your your number. I mean, there's no skill to it. It's just if one of these suckers decides to fall and you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, you're dead. And it's just so random. And that's how the guy on Jim Whitaker's um expedition died. And many people have. So it was interesting to look up at this thing. And it's kind of like the gateway to the climb. It is the gateway to the climb. And the climbers have to go up and down this thing like three or four times because they, they get acclimated. They go up to a camp one and they come down. They go up to camp two, they come down. They go up to camp three, they come down, and so on. And, um, um, and when you were there, you could see the Sherpas coming down the glacier. And at first, they looked like little tiny ants. This thing is so huge. And I actually ate lunch with some of those guys that had just come down, and I was watching them as they were ants. And it's just kind of a trip to think that these Sherpas do this um, many, many times. In fact, they do it more than the climbers was the point I was trying to make. So they really risk their lives. And I learned a little bit about the workings of, of the um, operation up there. Basically, the Western companies, the guide services, are the marketing arm. And the Nepalis have companies, and they are the back office operations, to put it in a, a you know, modern term. But basically, the uh, the Western companies partner with the Nepali companies, and the Nepali companies do all of the cooking and the you know the cleaning, the rit- latrine, and all that stuff. And um, these Western companies basically bring the money; they bring the clients. And um, you know, I would say I'm a purist in terms of mountaineering. I like mountaineering because I like to climb. I like to climb trees when I was a little kid. You know, I just like. To climb, the people that go to Everest don't like to climb. They are bucket listers. They are type A CEOs with money to burn, and it just sucks the soul out of the most what should be the most soulful place on the planet. And it it sucks. Um, and they had Polaroid pictures of the clients in these. Uh, tent. So we went into the kitchen because Conshaw used to be a cook at, uh, for one of these places at base camp. So he knew a lot of people, and so he took me in and I saw the operation. And, and you know, it was really telling to me that they had like a like a little bulletin board of the of Polaroid pictures of the clients. You know, and it's basically what it said to me was: you see these people if you're if you're a Sherpa, you kiss their ass. <laughs> it was basically the message I took away. Um, but anyway, it was cool to sit down and have lunch with these Sherpas and they are the young guns. I mean, they're ripped. They're like Olympic athletes. You know, they're so strong. Their veins are popping out. They're not an ounce of fat on them and they're risking their lives to do this, but it's good money, you know? And, um, anyway, so it was just kind of cool and, you know, it's just beautiful to be up there and I would love to do it, but not, not with all the bullshit going on there. I'd like to climb some other mountain in the Himalayas that no one gives a shit about. I think that would be a great experience, but um, it it is like almost a spiritual experience to go to base camp and 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 see this you know this the mother goddess as it's called Mount Everest. That's what the natives locals call it. And um, yeah, I mean you can see the route, and then um, you know as you walk back down the glacier, you're just getting all these beautiful views of the top of Everest and the mountains around at Lhotse and Nuptse. And then um, the day after, we went back to the um, uh, the tea house, and then we went up to. The, um, you kind of go back up a little bit, maybe a quarter of the way back up, and then you make a left and you climb this 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 mountain is kind of like a outcropping and that's called uh kalapatar and you watch the sunrise over everest and i mean it's just it's gorgeous you know and you're looking out at noopsi and lotzi and and uh, amada and even Tamserku, you know like the first mountain i saw when i was coming up from the foothills so you you get a sense of this whole range and um it's stunning you know and another great memory i have is the last tea house um before you go to the base camp there now there's a couple and varying uh levels of 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 nice <laughs> and the first one that concha wanted me to go to was his buds but it was it was really nasty and there were like flies buzzing around in my room and there was like a they were hanging up a like a half of a pig right outside and i'm just like can we i i didn't want to embarrass him and but you know like can we go somewhere else <laughs> so he took me to a more modern one which thank thank god <laughs> and you know there were probably like 10 15 other people there so it's kind of you know you could socialize a little bit but what i remember that day was as i waited in the afternoon i i climbed up this um side of this mountain and there was like this kind of high little plateau kind of valley and, and I could just go descend there and sit there. And, you know, it's all kind of grass covered. And um, I looked out over the range uh, as the sun went down. And uh, this is kind of a random memory thought, but I'm trying to describe what it looked like. We had these time life books when I was a kid and one of them was called The Mountains. And it had all the mountains of the world like drawn together like they were an actual mountain range, you know. So there's like the tallest one was Everest and then, you know, there'd be another one that was like Aconcagua in South Africa or Denali, you know. And it showed their heights in relation to one another. But, you know, it kind of formed like this um, imaginary mountain range of all the biggest mountains in the world, you know. So you have all these peaks right next to one another that's what it looked like to me. You know, you, you see these huge peaks, you know their names, but then there's all these other peaks behind. And as the sun goes down, they cast shadows and, and God, it was gorgeous. Um, and I wish I had, had my camera. <laughs> so I will just always have to remember this. But the other thing is at that tea house in the middle of the night, I will go out and look and the stars were like nothing I've ever seen. And the word curtain really describes it because um you're not like you don't have to look up in the sky to see the stars which you can but they come right to the edge of the of the of the um mountain range and then you look down the valley and there's it's hard to describe but you're kind of looking down at the sky and cuz the mountains are lower obviously and so you're so the the curtain goes you know the curtain is like below you and then at your face level and then up above it's hard to describe but these these stars are so bright that um I don't know, it's like it's like if you imagined um a curtain of black and, and you poked holes in it and you shine you shone black, white through it, light through it. I mean they just or they're like ice particles in the sky or something. I mean they just they were huge and they were inert. They were, you know, just like um I don't know how to describe it. They just felt bigger and more, um, more like an object, more sedentary. Um, anyway, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And, um, yeah, so anyway, I'm just trying to describe what I remember. Um, and then, um, so anyway, got up to that Island Lake. Um, I I keep calling it island, island, Island Peak, um, uh, tea house and it was so pretty because it had snowed and you know this yak I remember it came into the the courtyard and it was just so peaceful and quiet and snowing it was just me and this yak <laughs> and I you know I didn't say anything while he was eating out of their basket but um, uh yep random memories of the Himalayas oh one thing I wanted to say before I forget When you go to Kalapatar, you can see the – I don't know what side of the mountain of this. It would kind of be like the northern – northwest side of Everest. And that's the route that Mallory ascended. And it's kind of like – it's not like super steep. Um, Anyway, it's hard to describe, but um, it's not – it's not the South Col is the route where they they usually summit, but it's important because um, uh, a a couple years after I was there, um, this guy Conrad Anker and another guy they they tried to trace Mallory's route, and and they found him. They actually found him up there because the body doesn't decay it, you know it's so dry and it's so cold and i thought that was a trip so anyway it, it was this interesting i knew that it was his route it was interesting to be looking at that and you're so close to it you can just you can see where they would walk and just to think that that's he was still there you know anyway random random uh random thought